0: Hello and welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, a Star Trek podcast. My name is Caitlin and I'm joined by Ames,
1: Jake, and Chris.
0: And today we're going to discuss the Carbonite Maneuver, nope. Corbomite, <laughs> fuck! Let me try again. And today we're here to discuss the Corbamite Maneuver and the Menagerie Parts 1 and 2.
2: Hello everyone, and welcome to our final story time together. Yes, next week, starting with episode 8, you'll be getting to the episodes that we started recording after we got the feedback about needing a quick little episode reminder, so uh, this is the last little fill-in, so let's make this one as quick as possible. As always, you know, we would encourage you to watch the episodes if you can, otherwise if you'd like a bit more detail, hop on over to Memory Alpha, where you should be able to get a Pretty good episode description there. This week, we will be covering the Corbomite Maneuver, as well as both parts of the Menagerie. So first up, the Corbomite Maneuver. Uh, The Enterprise comes across a mysterious probe, which gives off radiation, threatening the lives of the crew. They attempt to escape, but when that fails, they are forced to destroy the probe, thus invoking the anger of Balok of the First Federation. Can Captain Kirk and crew convince Balok that it was all a simple misunderstanding before he makes good on his threat to destroy the Enterprise? In the Menagerie, the Enterprise makes a stopover at Starbase 11, where Kirk and crew come across a severely injured Captain Pike, who, due to an accident during a training exercise, is confined to a wheelchair and only able to communicate via beeps emitted by the vehicle. The former Enterprise captain is soon kidnapped by Spock, Pike's former first officer, and the Enterprise stolen with Captain Kirk left behind. Spock soon sets a course for Talos IV, the site of the events of the unaired pilot The Cage. Travel to Talos IV is a severe crime, the only thing for which the Federation still maintains the death sentence. What is Spock up to, and can Captain Kirk catch up to the Enterprise and stop his first officer from incurring the wrath of Starfleet? Alright, and that is it. I hope you've enjoyed story time, as it were. Uh, Again, in future, these quick little summaries will be integrated into the episodes. Uh, And with that, that is me. Well, this part of me, I, as always, talk entirely too much in the upcoming episode, which follows now.
0: So, guys, how about that Corvamite maneuver? (laughs) Quite the maneuver, I'll say that. Would you say it was... It's not a maneuver! It's a gambit.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'd, say, I'd give it more of a guess say gambit more than maneuver. Honestly, would I you don't say know, it was more know. like
0: chess or more like poker?
1: The Picard maneuver is an actual maneuver. Yeah, yeah that's
0: yeah. when he sticks his finger in your ass when you don't see it coming, right? Yeah, that's the Riker maneuver. Oh. <laughs> First, an ironic high five of the podcast. Hooray! You were all here for it, folks. Actually, you weren't, but that's fine. You get to hear it anyway.
1: The the titular Corbomite maneuver is uh, Kirk's trick that he tries to play on Balok. To or is it he? Because Balok says it Balok, and then everybody on the Enterprise has Balok.
0: I think some say Balok too. Well, you know, just the Tom, English crew members. Tom <laughs> Baker, you know, called it Gallifrey. There were six or seven different ways that the word Omega was pronounced during some <laughs> Doctor Who episodes. So. <laughs> It happens, you know? Yeah. I true.
2: mean, I guess just for the sake of our own internal consistency, the man knows his own name.
1: So we're saying officially Baylock. Yes. Okay. Balok. So Balok, Kirk, in order to escape Baylock's thing, he tries to convince him that the... So what exactly was the Corbomite device? Was he saying that it was like, if you, like, It was like a mutually assured destruction type thing? Yeah. Was like the there's idea? some
2: something built into their ship, into the hull, some sort of alloy. It was, was always my assumption, but he doesn't actually say. That makes any sort of destructive attack on the ship return upon the attacker. So yeah, it is, a, like I said, it's a, it's a mad principle thing.
1: But the Enterprise still... Would be, be destroyed. Because that's, okay. that, like, that's what I thought. Because he's all like, death means
2: little to us. Right.
0: So it's like a... It's like a pyrrhic victory then.
2: It is. You know, it's... And get it's more get being a
0: dick if you're
3: dead.
2: I mean, it's another one of those Cold War metaphors. But
1: it's one of those things where it's like, he he goes, he talks... Like, if, if Baylock had thought about this for more than ten seconds, he would have known it was bullshit, because if you have... Like, the whole point of having the mutually assured destruction is that everybody knows you have it, right? True. Because if they don't know you have it, they're just gonna fire on you anyway.
3: I mean, do, how much do we know about... Baylock's ship, he's what the first federation or whatever he claims he is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do we know anything else about them or are they just kind
0: of alone in space? Or is there even a them, right? Yeah, because he's all alone in this humongous ship where he he's just running puppet. the show. <laughs> yeah. I know how that much you love that puppet. puppet. Dude, so I'm I'm honestly really glad though that like the fact that it was herky jerky as fuck was like based in reality in the show mm-hmm. by which I mean the creators didn't think, "Oh yeah, the viewers at home are going to love the look of this fucking thing." More like, "Yeah, it's supposed to look like it's a fucking puppet cuz it it's is a puppet. puppet. Yep.
2: I am Baylock. I'm from a super advanced civilization, but we haven't quite nailed puppetry." Yeah, yeah, that was um,
1: that was some pretty shitty ventriloquism, Baylock. J- Jim he Henson to, was doing better work at that stage.
0: He used to have sock puppets, you know. This was actually an upgrade this mm. one.
3: So, I don't know, this sock puppets have... may be more believable, because then you can get the mouth actually in tune with your own mouth. Well,
0: I mean, I get that, but it would still be made of a sock.
3: You don't know what aliens look like sometimes. If, if there were some kind of horrible jellyfish alien, they're not humanoid at all. Do you think they That's would wear socks? TNG. Was... Is there one?
1: The, uh, the very first episode of oh, TNG featured jellyfish monsters. Oh,
3: good, because they're practically aliens on Earth to begin with. Yes. Shoggoth?
1: Mm. What? The Shoggoth, oh, uh, are, we, are we going back to
3: Lovecraft? Oh, wait, are those just, crabby things. Just making
1: words up for. So we're just saying Lovecraft words. Okay, why? I don't know. Well, Caitlin started.
0: One <laughs> of those creepy crabby things. The
1: the, uh, the yithians. Yeah, the
0: yithians. Oh sure, I was wrong. So let's just cut the whole thing.
1: Now nah, I'll probably keep a lot of this. Let's yeah, yeah, call just the leave whole in the, thing the off. just saying words.
0: The listeners will love that.
1: So I don't know. I think for me. I actually liked the episode, but I wish... There was so much of it spent on the... On the the bridge. Being
3: in a tractor beam? Yeah. Oh, that was so long.
1: Yeah, so much of it was spent on the bridge, stuck in a tractor beam...
3: I wish I had timed that because it felt like forever. It was like just watching, just watching, and like Scott, uh, no, uh, Spock and McCoy were in the background, like doing a mild vibrate
2: because they were being pulled. No one else was clearly listening as well to the director as they were because no one was vibrating quite as much. Kirk
0: kind of was, but it was like mostly in his arms, so it looked more like he had some kind of Parkinson's, yeah, something like some kind of tremor, yeah, yeah, and so.
2: But still, like, all the other extras kind of half-assed. And it. it's like, see, this is why these guys are regulars and you chumps. They're seeing you again.
4: Mm.
3: Mm-hmm. Especially Bailey. Yeah.
2: Oh, Bailey. Well, of course, there's Bailey. a narrative reason as well, yeah, at least. Bailey.
0: Oh, Bailey. The biggest freaking load on the bridge. He was like the Jason Todd of Helmsman. Like... <laughs> he was just a whiny little bitch who just was, like, losing his shit... Sulu
3: did half of his job for him. Seriously, at any that's moment.
2: Sulu was there to like. Well, it's cover for his slack ass. It's because Kirk promoted him too quickly. Kirk was like, "Hey, we have a similar profile and hair color. Similar, You're a lieutenant on the bridge now." Wait, what?
3: Similar taste in women.
2: Uh, that's probably they probably met at the Christmas party <laughs> and were like, "Check out Noel over there. Mm.
0: Let's touch dicks."
1: Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Maybe maybe the English major at the table can tell us you know what 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 is the point of Bailey in this episode what 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 is what That's if a you good were question. if you were to analyze which
0: english major
1: any and all of them there are two of them here you see well well there you go maybe the english majors
3: oh you're putting way too much pressure on us in this situation ...can
1: combine their powers i don't know it just seems to me that it's it's an odd episode in which to have this whole bailey subplot
3: i i don't really have an answer for that i'm sorry Cause also like I feel like it's it's more odd that you know they send they relieve Bailey of his duties he goes to his quarters or wherever it is he goes when he's praying for dear life because he's about to be, be destroyed by aliens and then he comes back less than five minutes later because we're still in the countdown yeah
2: just the, so he can the the watch the countdown, countdown. Yeah, that so, took uh, thirty five minutes so you know I mean that's that's sort of a that's a very sort of noble military man effort because they all assume they're gonna be blown to smithereens he wants to die at his post. His probably got promoted too quickly to it post.
3: Yeah, his fucked up Im- immensely in the last 10 minutes that everyone was alive post.
2: I mean, in a way, it's. He's almost a bridge character. I mean, you were saying, I think this was the first. Oh, produced yeah.
3: One? This is the first episode that was produced after the pilots, and they just waited. They waited a long time to release it. Firstly, because some of the effects were taking longer, I think, to put together than others. That puppet. The puppet took forever. Dude, I'm just certain. No, was... The puppet took 10 minutes. The floating
1: N64 logo? Uh,
3: but also because.
0: <laughs> nice. What did it look like in the original? I think it... I think, I think it actually it
2: looked, looked pretty. Same. It was pretty much the yeah. same. Yeah, like it was, I, I imagine the edges were
1: less well defined. Yeah, that was that's usually what differentiates the old from the new. Is that the edges are a little fuzzier in the old. See, in the well, old, like, in, all, in the original, often effects. alien ships are
2: just white streaks that go by, mm-hmm. and, and the newer ones they will often actually get a ship. Yeah, true. <laughs>
0: okay, you yeah. were saying, I, I was saying,
3: all it happens in every episode. No, but also. <laughs> Also, because this this episode takes place almost entirely on the bridge. Like, until, like, what, the very, very end. And well, make, there's a brief a few scene moments. in SickBay. Oh, that's right. We'll get where to Kirk's that. Kirk's the wall Oh, panel. we'll get to that. Um, but also, like, I think they wanted the first handful of episodes to be seeing other planets going places,
0: actually having experiences, instead of, you know, having the experience come to you and you just respond to it. <laughs> and seeing aliens that weren't just, you know, exactly what Clint Howard looks like. With a funny hat. At seven years old.
2: Yeah. I mean, but yeah, with Bailey, he sort of... It's interesting because you don't often see Starfleet characters who fuck up. You fuck up and sort of implode under pressure.
3: Oh he, exploded so, oh, he imploded so bad. So bad. And yelled at Sulu and... Now, now being oh, fair. After being Sulu being fair. Him,
2: well. He was doing a slightly macabre countdown. I think I'm on Bailey's side with that one. And it was a great read, like I said. You know, oh, look at him, he's doing a... cut. That was a really bad Jimmy Stewart impression. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 he's doing a countdown. What the hell? Uh, that was awful it was pretty bad um
0: sort of sound more like ethel merman at the end (laughs) but he's
2: doing a
0: countdown
2: but i mean it's kind of refreshing
0: (laughs) thank you jake
2: (laughs) it is kind of refreshing though because so often you know we only really see these sort of prime recurring starfleet personnel and they especially as the show goes on and the franchise gets its own head a little too far up its own ass, they become less and less people and more, like... These their position? Paragons mm-hmm. and their position and this and that. And, you know, occasionally they'll throw you, like, oh, here's here's Barkley, who's kind of a lovable screw-up. Even then... Barkley? Reginald Barkley. He's a supporting character in The Next Generation. Oh. And he's sort of a lovable screw-up. But even then, like, it's not on the level of this... This Bailey's just utter, utter breakdown in the face of... Essentially Starfleet's primary mission.
0: Well, and we did sort of see that this is something that like could happen because we see Pike having similar, like mm. you know, meltdowny True. feelings in the original pilot.
2: True, but with him a cage feel like the cage. That's more of I've been at this for a while, I just had something bad happen and I'm starting to feel worn down by it. Yeah, More than I, I'm new and young, got promoted too quickly and aren't ready for this.
0: Ten minutes to death though seems like a pretty reasonable. Point. Oh yeah, no, but I would agree. Even before that though, like I think he was the first one to
3: say, "There's a weird Rubik's cube out there. Let's fucking kill it."
1: Yeah, and they're was... like, "No, Bailey." Calm down. No, no, Calm boy.
3: sit down.
1: Yeah, when 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 Kirk recruited him too quickly, it wasn't like you know he r- r- rose through the ranks faster than other officers. Like he literally just hired the guy off the street. Pretty much, he's like, <laughs> I like the cut of your jib, kid. You're my new helmsman. You
2: know, he he was on Earth on shore leave. He pulled up to a corner. Bailey started cleaning his window. Mm-hmm.
1: I like your gumption. <laughs> <And> <laughs>
2: that's initiative. I haven't even gone to the academy. <laughs> Fuck procedure, I'm Jim Kirk. Look at my cock Why was his <laughs> cock out? Jim Kirk. <laughs> Thanks you're making.
0: I it. feel like everybody had it in for Bailey though too. They re- well, because, because cause Spock, you see Spock like haranguing him at the beginning yeah. and being like, How dare you have a reaction? And he was like, Whatever, it was just it's because I have an adrenaline gland. All humans have them, and Spock was like, Maybe you should have yours removed. What? And then you've got Dr. McCoy being like, Kirk, I just want the record to show that even though we have four and a half minutes until our ship is destroyed by a fucking puppet with some kind of weird swirly sh- screen, I am absolutely putting it in my report that you ignored my orders about Bailey. You know what,
2: though? That is prime Dr. McCoy. He is going to get the last word in, goddammit. stubborn damn
3: it. motherfucker.
2: Mm. And we'll he enjoy believes some McCoy. in proper yeah. medical procedure, and damn it, if his last act is going to be writing Kirk up for being Kirk, I don't know. So be it.
3: His second to last act was putting Kirk on a diet, which I think is fantastic.
0: Mm. What, what is this? It's your dietary salad. <laughs>
2: <laughs> why why is some... Janice Rand played by fucking Blanche Dubois? <laughs> we have a
0: lot of a lot of voices why going not? on today. Yeah, Wait,
3: I don't know. Blanche Dubois
2: is that her name? I, you talking about Blanche Devereaux? Do you mean Devereaux? I meant Devereaux. I meant no. Blanche Devereaux.
0: <laughs> Why, Captain Kirk, here is your dinner.
2: <laughs> you know, she would have been young enough at the time.
0: Oh, she's she's a hot ticket, that Blanche Devereaux, that Rue McClanahan. Oh,
2: God. Ooh, ooh. That's the other thing. This is, you know, first production, so it was the first production appearance of Yeoman Rand and Kirk's bitching that he's got a female yeoman.
4: Mm.
2: Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> Doc with his wonderful... Don't think you can trust yourself? And Kirk just gave him this look of, ooh, if you weren't right.
0: Oh. Ha <laughs> ha. Casual
2: sexual harassment pants at the office. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Thank Christ this isn't the
3: Christmas party.
2: <laughs> but yeah, I think that's the thing is they kind of front load the fuck you, Bailey. So at first you're on Bailey's side and you're like, what's, what's wrong with Bailey? And then you see what's wrong with Bailey.
1: Oh. <laughs> and you're like, oh, Okay. Maybe he was promoted too fast mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So is the implication What happened to Bailey at the end we know? He willingly he went off to Bailoc? Yeah he's yeah. going to
2: go bop around they're, Other parts of the galaxy with Bailoc and
0: They're going to have a cultural exchange Their yeah. puppets are going to
3: like do little performances together Oh my god oh, I, I hope no. they do Aww. When
2: they encounter other ships they each have one And they're sitting behind giggling with each other
3: I would actually watch this show Oh
2: I hope they fuck with Klingons <laughs> oh fuck! I said Klingons. Blew it. Uh <laughs> you want to you want to cut? And no, read. I have to be honest to the audience. I was trying to say I Klingons mean, until we got to the movies. You don't have to be honest No, but I'm going to, to because that's the the compact I made with them, mm. Mm. Un- unknown to them. We have a we have a deal, you and
1: me, audience. So, Sam. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we love you, Sam We probably shouldn't I know I figured okay. I figured be a You that could say Sam, done. though You could just say Sam Yeah, well, yeah. I
1: could leave Sam in Uncle Sam
0: <laughs> Was I the only one who thought that Baylock's little orange drink was totally gonna be poison? Oh, Trenya? Trenya, yeah I,
1: I thought it was apple cider I, I
0: mean, just, I thought it was gonna be killing them somehow I... I- I, the, the episode had already seemed so long because of all the fucking, like, all the pensive looks and the intense stares and the lightly vibrating <sighs> crew people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But when that happened, I was like, don't trust him. Do you see him? Do you see his eyebrows? Don't trust those eyebrows.
1: Even, you know, even the fact, even though it wasn't poison, I still, what the fuck were they thinking just drinking this random Liquid given to them by an alien who's already threatened to kill them. Yeah, that day.
3: even even when uh, Baylock as as Clint Howard drinks the drink himself, as if to prove that it's not poison. You don't know what his body is capable of of, of drinking.
2: Well, plus his was the only one he actually showed pouring out. Right, the, the other, other three ones were pre poured
1: out.
0: Yeah, I really thought, because I also felt like there was a suspicious thing where for a while he wasn't drinking, mm. so I was like, what are you up to, mm. you naughty little thing? Yeah. So. Yeah. But I, I was wrong. Okay. He was well, just I such a joyful little fella. Yeah,
1: he was so, so chipper. How did he know how many glasses to get prepared? Because he didn't know how many people were going to beam over. He's Baylock. Great. Uh, well, actually, I mean, he only had three at first. He had to pour out a fourth. It's true, maybe he was only expecting two. But he
3: had the f- fourth glass there.
1: He did have the fourth glass. Well, he probably had a good set of glasses, glasses comes in a know? set of four. I don't think that's so. I feel true. like punch, don't punches, punch glasses, to are doing eight, you know, like, or, eight or six. I mean, on this planet, but...
2: We don't know about where... He's not
0: used to entertainment. I was going to say, he lives by himself on a humongous space station. He doesn't, you know... Talking to his puppet all day. Oh, God. That fucking puppet is the stuff of nightmares.
2: (laughs) Although, uh, so, speaking of Bailey's mission, you know, it's supposed to be sort of a cultural exchange and he'd see stuff the first generation. And it gets
3: Bailey off the ship. Yeah, Yeah, and Kirk
2: mentions, you know, the idea is he would uh, eventually come back to them as a as a better officer and this and that, but uh, apparently in the expanded universe canon, he just sort of permanently remains the. This is going to be confusing. The Federation's ambassador to the First Federation.
3: Uh huh.
2: So he actually just I think spends the rest of his life bopping around the universe with Baylock.
1: Well, that's all right. Is Baylock? The only member of the First Federation? I don't know. I didn't read that oh, deeply. Okay. I, I
2: mostly just kind of skimmed Bailey's article one day a couple of weeks ago for reasons I can't remember. I didn't then read on more about the First Federation.
1: Hmm. It'd be great if he was the only member, but like still had to periodically like attend a Congress somewhere <laughs> where he's the only member. Is like calling it's him and order a sh- him and a shitload of
2: puppets. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now someone can help me run the other puppets. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> But it was an, a a neat idea though this idea of here's this guy who joined up god knows how well he did in the academy but simulations are one thing reality is another you know kirk
3: standardized testing yeah
2: kirk saw something in him promoted him too fast it's it's something you don't see often it was neat i thought and really well handled he was bailey was interesting annoying but interesting um, more interesting than the rest of the fucking episode until the end <laughs>
3: Hmm. I mean, the the concept of of the bluff that Kirk pulls, I think think that's really cool. And it brings up up our chess versus poker uh, rivalry between Spock, full of logic, and
0: Kirk, full of
2: guts. (laughs) I'm going to point out, though, and Kirk does not give credit where it's due. That was all McCoy's doing. Yeah, he riled him up by, you know... Well, and he's the one who put the idea of bluffing into Kirk's That head. was
3: a little forced as a line to me, I It was,
2: I mean. but I still choose to accept the idea that really the Corbomite gambit, you bastards, was really as much McCoy's doing as it was Kirk's.
1: Yeah, but speaking of gambits, we're X-Men. applying a chess term to something that was specifically contrasted against chess True. in the episode as being a poker move. So... Are they, mm. called, oh. are they called
0: maneuvers in? Are there maneuvers in poker? No. Aren't there maneuvers? There's in chess? hands. There's hands in poker.
1: Yeah,
2: I don't. I mean, this bluff, is the corbomite bluff. Bluff is the term. I guess they could probably figured like poker. Yeah. Why mm. wouldn't they
0: call it carbonite bluff or car-, car? What is it? Corbomite. 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 Jesus Christ. Corbomite. Why didn't they just call it the corbomite bluff?
2: Maybe they thought that would rumble the game too early.
1: Yeah. Or the corbomite incident. Uh, there we go. Uh,
0: they just looked in the thesaurus next to uh, bluff. Bluff. Well, oh, but maneuver ah, wouldn't maneuver. be there. What no, it? I don't, know. I don't know. know. It was a whack ass thesaurus.
1: We don't know. We weren't <laughs> there. It was the 1960s. Yeah. Either way, anyway, interesting that they chose maneuver. Though. Yeah.
3: It it doesn't. I don't think it bothers me as much as as much as you guys. And considering I'm pedantic. I'm usually more pe- uh, pedant than most, then this is surprising.
0: I knew there was a reason I liked you. I'm usually the pedant. also. Oh, I'm such the pedant.
2: Pedant, pedant, pedant. Let's say pedant
3: more. It's (laughs) It's also a great word.
2: Let's say pedantry for a while. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
3: But speaking of uh, chess and poker, uh, Vulcans are known not to bluff. How would Spock do in a poker game? Okay,
2: okay, here's the thing. I I wanted to bring this up because it comes up as well in the next episode. It does. The whole Vulcans don't lie thing. Mm -hmm. Whose word do they have on that? Vulcans. (laughs) Vulcans. (laughs) I'm just saying... I've seen plenty of proof to the... And yes, whenever it's sparking, it's go, well, you know, it's his human half. But other full Vulcans have shown up, and you know, they pull this Obi-Wan certain point of view bullshit sometimes and other kinds of things, or they find ways to lie by omission, which is still lying. So, I'm sorry, that whole Vulcans can't lie thing, the fact that everyone in the Federation still seems to be fooled by it well into the 24th century is just... Come on, guys. The Andorians have their number. I'll give them that.
1: Yeah, the Vulcans certainly, Spock in particular, certainly is shown to just straight-up lie when when he thinks it's necessary. Yeah, but again, with him they get to have the get-out-of-jail-free
2: card of human mother.
3: True. Yeah, I even noticed there was a moment when they, when they see Puppet Baylock, Spock says, Oh, I was curious what he looked like. And I'm like, No, you weren't. That's not logical. Give us a better reason why you wanted to see what this fucker looked like.
1: Yeah. And, you know, Baylock must have already had the camera on.
3: Mm-hmm. And, you know,
1: was, like... He's just filming was he his op- puppet was show. He, was he operating the puppet the whole time, even when yeah, he was on, on screen? I probably. think he
3: was operating the puppet at all <laughs> times. He was probably
1: pissed off. He's like, God damn it, I've been manipulating this puppet the whole time, and they have the TV off until just now. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. We've been talking for, like, 20 minutes. Ugh.
0: <laughs> uh. God, I'm so
1: glad it was really a puppet. (laughs) I was so bothered.
0: Like I was just like, "God damn it!" Practical effects usually stand up to the test of time better than this. And then, and then that guy
2: is the last image in the closing credits for the rest of the series. Maybe God, yeah, he's always been in there. And they do that great parody with uh, Kiff in the Futurama Star Trek episode. Oh,
3: Kiff! Kiff is a fantastic character. He is. Uh, unrelated, but I wanted to to bring this up because it was a moment that I truly loved in this episode, where Rand comes in having just made coffee. Oh my God,
1: that was great! With a phaser. She's
3: she's the power just that resourceful. Out. How did you? She's a smart lady. She's yeah. not. Her timing is shit in that she wants to bring everyone coffee when we're about to die. But
2: well, that's it. It's, was this? It was right, right
3: after the Countdown would have been, went over. But so, it, meant, it meant she was making it yeah. at the time.
2: She's an optimistic son of a gun. <laughs> I also would love to see that scene. Like, maybe she doesn't even warn anyone else in the galley. They're just watching. It's like, what
1: is she trying to make? Pew, and then she just pew. whips
2: out a phaser. Like, oh, fuck's sake!
1: <laughs> Wouldn't the coffee be, like, extremely hot? I, I, like, we would previously seen a phaser being used to heat up rocks when Sulu and company... She had it,
0: had it to set to stun. She stuns the coffee. Stunning <laughs> coffee.
2: <laughs> Ooh. That's actually, that That in the Star Trek universe, there's actually, you know, like right now in the real world, everyone's obsessed with cold brew. Mm. You know, she goes back to Earth and opens phaser-brewed franchises all throughout the Federation. Mm. You know, Yeoman Rand's phaser coffee, it's just a little cartoon version of her on the logo, like...
0: The Federation runs on phaser.
2: Just a gun in one hand, a pile of coffee beans in the other, winking. I
0: don't know, that's, I think that's pretty time
3: efficient. Oh my god, I mean, like, you've got a t-shirt. I would, because I think you know, cold brew coffee takes like overnight to brew or something, and drip coffee takes several minutes. But phaser coffee could Basically, it's
2: not instant. three seconds.
0: It's instant coffee with all the flavor of real brewed coffee. And phaser, brilliant.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I still can't, you know, using. I feel like using a phaser for household tasks is sort of a. It's a slippery slope towards like. Turning your TV on with the phaser—it's it's a little bit. <laughs> like, or like, or like you know, oh, I gotta like, I gotta get this callus off my foot. My, <laughs> but I, where's my pumice stone? Oh, here we go.
3: <laughs> it's a little bit the Simpsons episode where Homer uses his gun for everything. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, Yeoman Rand is actually
2: the reason that by the time of Star Trek VI, alarms go off when unauthorized <laughs> phasers are fired. <laughs> she just started making too much shit with phasers. Yeah, it's the Rand alarm. <laughs>
1: I know, oh, but by okay, Star Trek okay. 6 she was on the uh the Excelsior though, so.
2: No, oh, it's still a rand alarm. It's true. And, you know, just because she moved around doesn't mean the initiative doesn't still exist.
0: Maybe heating coffee with a phaser is the Corbin Might maneuver.
2: Mm. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> it makes more sense than calling what he did a maneuver. I fucking penetrated <laughs> <just>, I don't <laughs> get it, it's not a maneuver. Also, I've got to admit to earlier I forgot gambit was a chess term, so I'm not actually That wasn't a clever attempt That was just me Forgetting Jake, Jake work Jake was well, just
3: giving you shit for no, that No
2: we will give you credit No I was giving him credit Yeah he was I, I have to be honest Again It's what I do
0: So much honesty You yeah. know God you think he was part Vulcan Part <laughs> Vulcanian
2: <laughs> Whoa 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 there That's Whoa there forward.
1: Okay Hitler <laughs>
0: Jesus
2: uh, it escalated quickly
3: Good. This is also in a yet another episode. We got a shirtless Kirk. Oh yeah, there've oh, been yeah. there've yeah, been many physical. of those. Yeah, it's- the physical.
2: Sh- I, God damn it, McCoy. I mean, for all the credit I give him, it does seem a bit much to be like, ah, oh, I can see red alerts been activated. I'm not gonna tell the captain though middle of a physical.
3: He's in the middle of using the wall stairs. (laughs) Therefore.
2: The wall stairs are fascinating.
3: I would use those if they were in the gym.
2: I wonder if if anyone's ever looked into sort of the reality of it. It's like, is there any way that that's, Better for you than you standing could, upstairs. I think
3: I think you get your abs moving if you're if you're elevated like that. Yeah,
0: probably so yeah. be easier on your joints because you're not yeah. coming down on your knees the whole time. Easier on yeah. the joints. Low
1: impact, low impact. But stairs. I also have
0: to feel like since you're not actually hauling your body weight up the stair, that it's got to be less. But we don't know if there
1: could be resistance. Um, well,
0: there's probably resistance, but when you're doing a stepper, you have to bring your whole body. In this case, you're. This just is just pushing up. up. So it's it's going to give you some
2: True. awesome leg muscles. Yeah, I mean, You'd probably tighten your abs a little. Yeah,
0: I mean, it would be a good core workout. I'm just saying. Yeah. I don't think it would be as good as stairs. But it's
2: yeah. also being used as a medical exam, somehow. right? And it's
1: like one of the main well, things. Test. Yeah, but it's in the sick bay, so it must be. I would think that that would be a rarely used
0: thing. I mean, they do stress tests at the hospital. With doctor's office if they think but they don't have wall stairs <laughs> well that's true but that's because we live in the 21st century okay? mm. the it dark
1: ages it, it takes like up a, a lot of yeah, room yeah, in the wall dialysis time, like, like a treadmill you can like fold up into the wall yeah. and bring it down when you need it
0: yeah, well, these stairs are in the wall. You don't need yeah, to use them Yeah, but there's also the unless... associated
1: table for it. Yeah,
0: that folds up into the wall. Or, it? or it can just I don't be know. a table. it does now. I oh, do okay. feel
1: like they Fair do... Enough. Yeah, it's
0: just a regular exam table. They ones. do
2: utilize the wall stairs in other points in the series. Did you well, we saw, use we saw it it Charlie and... Evans yeah. use it. They were mm, using it on
0: Charlie Evans to see what his But I feel like was. they're like, we
2: built this thing, we are going to use the fuck out of it. Because I feel like I definitely have memories of popping up in future with other people.
1: Yeah, I'm sure it does. Also, I feel like there's
0: future... Oh, probably Khan, right? I feel like Khan must use it. Maybe not.
2: But I feel like there's also future sort of things where it comes out that Kirk is really bad at coming by for his physicals. So, in retrospect, McCoy's poor choice kind of makes a little sense. Because it's probably the first time he's gotten Kirk to take a physical in three years.
0: Is it like how Columbo
1: never renews his license or his registration or whatever? Kind of, yeah. I mean, Kirk also has bad eyesight, and he never wears glasses. That's true. The character Kirk has has bad eyesight?
0: Because I know that that happens in, what, the second film?
1: Oh, well, that's when that's when McCoy gives him glasses. He's allergic to retinax. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's established that that's just a thing that ha- that he develops. Well, because they're reading age. glasses, he yeah. gives
0: him reading glasses. So I would assume that it's just the natural hardening of the retina that we all get as we age.
1: Mm-hmm. Perhaps. Maybe. Good point. Yes.
0: <laughs> well, actually,
2: <laughs> so. Yeah, so maybe <laughs> we all kind of blanked at once. So yeah. that
0: Corbomite, anything else about the Corbomite? I don't know.
3: It. Like, I It was an okay episode. It had some good points. I think overall, I think I wasn't as enthused most of the time.
2: It's like you said, some of the sort of the, the supposedly sort of tenser moments, it just feels like it ran short.
3: I thought it ran yeah. long. Well, I think No, no I mean the episode
2: them. ran short, so they had to stretch out.
0: Oh, and, yeah, yeah it ran short is what Chris says. Anytime a show has what is obviously... That's a filler in there. Okay, okay.
1: Mm. Yeah, I think they could have spent I would have liked it if they had spent more time playing poker. Yes. Uh no, just more time with with Baylock. Um, learning more about Baylock and his deal. Yeah. And less yeah, time he in had
0: three minutes at the end. He was the most interesting thing that happened. Well,
2: you know, it was late. Clint had to get to bed. Oh, mm. he was so little. Already so many cavities though.
0: Well, I think that... Oh, sorry. Well, actually, again, um, I think as kids, like, I certainly remember getting some fillings, like, in my back molars as a kid, just mm. by, like, normal, like, we don't want anything to happen to your teeth things, because I didn't have any well, cavities. Those, those are sealants. Well, but I mean, I wonder if in the 60s they were black and not, like, made nice so that you wouldn't see them. But
1: would they give them to it? Because a six-year-old wouldn't have adult molars. Yeah, yeah, like... It's, I feel like they wouldn't give sealants on like, child teeth. I feel
0: like... I feel like... Ah... I don't know. Okay, now I don't know. I mean, I don't know maybe you raise That's... a good point. I feel like they did it then too, maybe just but I I don't know man. Maybe I haven't been six
3: for an awful long time. Yeah, maybe sure. Clint Howard already had all of his adult teeth. Because <laughs> That's he's special.
1: Clint Howard. I,
3: if anyone's gonna do it, Clint Howard. Clint Howard do
1: was it.
2: born with adult teeth. It's funny that in one of his first <laughs> media appearances he's playing a character where he's wearing a bald cap. <laughs> yeah. I've never seen Clint
1: Howard with hair, and he looks pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. More or
2: less, you know, he looks exactly the same.
1: <laughs> or teeth teeth are neater. I was gonna say his teeth. His teeth uh, yeah, are strain, yeah, true, The teeth are a little better. God, oh.
0: the teeth were snaggly in this episode.
1: Ron definitely got the looks.
0: Ooh, which isn't saying much. No
1: offense I mean, to Ron Howard. Mm, They're both very talented men. Richie man. Cunningham was a
3: catch.
2: No, oh, please, not that one's Fonzie walked in the room. That's true.
0: Yeah, but Fonzie was also like a thirty-five-year-old playing an eighteen-year-old. So yeah, but
2: I'm thirty-two, so eh, I don't. I don't want Are that you good playing three an eighteen-year-old? <laughs> yeah, if, if you walked
1: in and like started hanging out with Richie yeah, Cunningham, yeah, no, <laughs> that would be weird. Yeah, no, no one would believe it.
0: Proceeding hairline. Shut up. <laughs> I mean, being fair, you've had that for like a bit now. Yeah, but you know, poor Chris. <laughs> I, mean, I knew
3: eighteen-year-olds who had receding hairline. Oh yeah. my yeah. God! Well, so didn't so didn't um, lottery, Patrick you know?
1: Stewart famously lose his hair, like as a very young man, like in his early twenties? I don't May know. Have. Well, because
0: I mean, as Picard, it's already mostly gone, and he's not that old. Yeah, he was in, like, in his forties, right? I would think.
1: Yeah, think, at least maybe um, maybe early fifties. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. But,
2: I've never really seen any of his work earlier than Next Gen. Well, he so. was
1: in the. Uh, he was in, it played Sejanus in I Claudius, mm-hmm. which was a BBC miniseries. I want to say in the seventies. Sounds right. Uh, because it had a young John Hurt as well, and he was he was wearing a toupee, but he was bald when okay. they did that. Because I remember the first time I saw, I was like, "Holy crap! It's Patrick Stewart with hair!" And then I realized, "Oh no, that's just a toupee. It is not, that is not, not a oh, hair. It's
0: a piece. He's yeah. lying to us, Patrick.
2: Just like uh, just like William Shatner. Yep.
0: No, that's his real hair."
2: It's a fucking Tribble <laughs> uh, uh,
1: Other
3: things to say On the Corbonite Maneuver Corbomite If I didn't say it right
1: Corbomite We're having so much Trouble with this Ugh. word so it, should, it sounds like It should be Corbonite You're yeah. Because well, it sounds
0: Like it should be Carbonite
1: Yeah That's true Bailey just in One of those slabs <laughs> yes. that would be A maneuver Tricking somebody Into the Carbonite Freezing Chamber I mean Vader Managed it Luke just jumped out In
2: time That's true that's oh, the carbonite maneuver. There we go. Forgot it was Jedi jumpy powers.
3: Oh, you know, one other thing I wrote down about this episode, and I'd have to double check to make sure this is correct, but I know, possibly because it was the first one produced, but also this is the first time I think we may have seen the, Empire, the Enterprise fire its phasers. Well, the ship's phasers? Yeah, the ship itself. It, yeah. When it destroys that cube. That's true.
1: You might be right. I don't think we have seen the ship phasers. Until
0: ah. Well, it looked very nice.
2: Yeah, there really hasn't been any ship-to-ship action at this
1: stage. There's tons of ship-to-ship radio communication That's things. true.
0: I really thought he was saying "shield ship" or like "ship shields" or something, and then ship she kept shape. and she kept being like "channels are open," and I was like, "What does that have to do with shields?" And then it became clear to me that he wasn't actually saying "she," you know, "shield ship," but I couldn't figure out what he was saying.
1: Ship-to-ship, I think, is a naval term because I always hear about like ship-to-shore. Yeah, um, is when you're radioing back to yeah, the okay. shore. So ship-to-ship must be from from the military, I guess.
3: Or ship to surface, or ship to wherever.
1: Yeah.
2: I want to know how Bailey knew to put his little earpiece in, check the navigation beam, which is apparently what Balok was using to communicate with them.
0: He's got that instinct. He's got that Kirkian instinct, man. mm -hmm. He just, how did he
2: know? He doesn't know, he just knew. The only time anyone at that little front seat has an earpiece.
1: Now, everybody is all gaga about the Bluetooth hand communicator accessory that has been released recently. (laughs) I want the Bluetooth uhura earpiece ooh like, that would be a good that one because that would be actually practical practical but two issues I feel
2: like with it one major issue really is it's I mean think about it, when you see her most of the time she's holding it in because mm. unless you get that little earpiece very custom molded it is going to fall out True. it's a well, heavy so little well so maybe bit.
0: it has one of those little hooky over the ear yeah, thing yeah, like, it's like a, a bluetooth headset yeah
2: but then that's gonna fuck with the screen accuracy isn't it yeah but it's gonna run the price down who cares Nerds.
0: All right, go on. What's your second problem? Well, I, mean, I just
2: combined it into one. The, the, it's really got a heavy thing, and the, you know.
0: Well, a... the thing wouldn't be heavy. It would be plastic painted up to look like a hunk of metal probably of in this case. And
2: We're a step closer to that with the new stupid wireless Apple headphones that look dumb.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: If they could make them not look dumb, we could actually have that. As an accessory. I saw,
1: I saw a picture of somebody wearing them from front, like, from side, from the side view, they look kind of okay, but from front on, they just, they look really goofy.
2: People have been comparing it to as if you just took the head off of an Oral-B electric toothbrush and jammed it in your ears. <laughs> mm, yeah, I, I, was, see that.
0: I was thinking that Uhura's little communication device thing looks like someone's broken a golf club off in your head, so.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Those go away after the movies, right? Yeah, I don't think we see them
1: even in the movies, do we? I think. I think
2: once or twice Uhura still has maybe, one. Maybe, maybe. But it does get limited, you know. Like Spock even has one sometimes yeah. in the early days, but eventually Yeah, it's he a, had it in that episode, I think. Yeah, right? it becomes a strictly communications thing after a while.
1: I think it literally is the equivalent of Bluetooth headset. Oh, I you know, totally is. Yeah, yeah. So you can use it for any time you need to listen to something. Yeah,
2: but you know, it gets limited eventually to
1: her, I think. Yeah. They Ooh.
2: half reappear sort of in Enterprise where the communications officer there They clearly just took one of those, you know, little sets of headphones, which was a sort of a a standard, like, flat, padded earphone with an ear clip, Mm. and just cut it off from its partner. And they just had them wear that over one ear.
3: Oh, shall we move on to menagerie, guys? Yeah.
1: Or The Cage plus Kirk
3: plus frame story plus spock for some reason kidnapping a man and dragging <laughs> him back to the planet he once went
0: Listen, Ames, it was totally logical well, it was
3: i found it everything, everything. Well, i found it not logical being, at all
1: he was cu- clearly in communication with the telosians which is
3: already illegal true what he did well, before they, reached they made out
1: it to him with their brains their oh, big brains their big throbbing brains how far
3: how far does their freaking telepathy work apparently
1: Great. as far as starbase 11 because they because Kirk thought he got into a shuttlecraft with Mendez, but he didn't.
3: Yeah. That was weird. That was a little weird.
2: I guess the one thing on rewatching watching Well, there are two things rewatching this. One, I forgot just how much of the first episode was actually spent on not footage of the cage. Like, they really spent a lot more time setting things up than I remembered. Yeah, there was a lot of, lot of setup, I thought. And two, what would... Why? With the... What was the motivation with the Talosians? Like... It was a nice gesture, but why? Yeah. What do they get out of it?
0: We heard what happened. Yeah. <laughs> we'll take care of it. Like
2: him. all the illusion in the world isn't gonna get them what they want I don't from know, him in So it, it's literally just a charitable They're not the most charitable species. Right. So it's it seems weird.
3: Maybe
0: they're
2: gonna clone him.
3: They could have cloned Vena in all this time. Then they'd only
0: be girls. They need boys. They need a girl clone and a boy clone so that they can do the nasty and make clone know, babies. If, they,
3: if they're already cloning the girl one, why do they need boy ones? They can just keep pumping out girl ones so they have an army of girls oh,
2: terraforming
3: what? their planet for them.
2: So they've been nice to him, right? Who? Now,
3: the Tolosians? The Tolosians the have
2: been nice to him. They used with Vena. They're happy. He's not stuck in his mind anymore. Better ambassadors to future potential people to fix their planet maybe for maybe them. They
1: can, maybe they can get sperm out of his balls. I was thinking that. While he's <laughs> while he's off in La La Land, they just yeah. take his balls. Until they realize that the delta rays fried his nads. <laughs>
0: oh, gosh. He gets ejected from the planet. <laughs> they just slingshot him into space. Like, thanks. <laughs> well, we've made a huge mistake. The can fuck I, out.
3: Can I also say about these delta waves and about poor poor Pike's current condition... If all he can really do is move around in his little wheelie car a little bit and beep yes and no, there are more than likely way more ways that he can do his communicating.
2: Yeah, I mean, if they can tap into his brainwaves, they couldn't give him a full keyboard or something?
3: Mm, they couldn't have found like rigged up a monitor to like type out what he's thinking. Yeah. He couldn't have learned Morse code. Well,
2: pictures, so- just little like when he's happy, a little happy face pops up, when he's sad, a little sad face, and when he's so, hungry, a so- little hand forks. I
1: have a theory <laughs> that they said brainwaves, but I think that's I think they were just saying that so that they could cover up the true method by which he's operating the light, which is a switch operated by clenching his sphincter. <laughs> He's just in there with a permanent butt plug.
0: This Ugh. is not where I saw this going. <laughs> what?
1: <laughs> you know he farts because the light just goes. <laughs> there you
2: go. That's what happened. <laughs> oh, what's that? What's that smell? No.
3: Oh my. It smells like burning. It smells like oh Delta God, waves. No. <laughs>
2: they did. I know. Speaking of Pike's current condition, he had a different wig at first. When they first show him, he has hair that's sort of dark with streaks of, like, blonde and white. But then by the next time you see him in the rest of the episodes, it's just white blonde hair. The dark streaks are
1: gone.
3: Seeing Spock again scared the crap out of him. Yeah.
2: Oh no, this asshole!
1: Yeah, but you guys are talking about the motivation... For, for going back to... Yeah. For bringing Pipe back. I have a theory on that. Is
3: this Spock's motivation or the, or no, the Talosians. Talosians.
1: Is it okay. sphincter related? It's not sphincter. Right, it's not gross on. at all. Gene, we spent half a million dollars to make that fucking episode that <laughs> ten people saw. <laughs> We're gonna use the footage. God oh, no, no. damn it.
3: You see, the other thing about why they used the cage footage is because... Pumping out new episodes was taking way too long because there's all these visual effects. Production took way too long, so they said, okay, we've already got all this other footage. We'll save ourselves lots of time if we just use this somehow.
2: Yeah, I mean, the real-world motivation is obvious. Especially, apparently, Roddenberry was infamously bad at making deadlines on scripts that he was supposed to write. Not that he wrote all of them, but the ones he was writing. I guess it got to the point where one of the producers, once he told the story in a special I saw years ago, literally had to walk into Roddenberry's office and stand on his desk until he finished a draft of something <laughs> once. He
3: stood literally up on the desk.
2: Suppo- that's how he Head told to it. Head to the ceiling. Yep, that's how he tells it. Don't know how true it is. Only get that
1: man's word to go by. Trust him more than the Vulcans, though. True. Which brings us to Spock's, uh, Spock's? questionable conduct. Yeah, his uh,
3: motivation.
1: Well, again, I think that... His motivation makes a lot of sense. I
3: don't... Th- I still don't think it makes a lot of sense. Like, if... If you happen to f- determine, you happen to find out, oh, my, my old Captain Pike is now, you know, in a chair equivalent. The poor thing, you know, is gonna waste out his days beeping yes and no. Oh, the Talosians are willing to take him back. I might as well break all the fucking Starfleet laws, put my life at risk, put my Captain's life at risk, le- and... and do something terribly illegal so that maybe he'll go
0: back. Yeah, guys, we've seen how Spock operates. It would be like this. Huh, my captain can barely do anything. He beeps yes and no, and he can move his little wheelie chair around. I should kill him.
1: <laughs> that's, that's where Spock would arrive. Like, there, this point. whole... This
0: he whole murder thing would never have happened. He would just been like, it was a mercy killing. That's right, like like how he
3: wanted to kill Mitchell in uh, Where yeah, No Man Has that's Gone exactly Before. It's
2: exactly right. It's like how the Vulcans were gonna kill those guys that had cold. They said, "Fuck it, we're the Romulans mm. now."
0: What's that neck snapping technique they have?
2: Snapping. Tall Shia. What is that from? The Vul- oh the right, Vulcans. It's Journey, from to, from Journey, uh, to Journey to Babel. Babel. Mm. I completely forgot. Tall Shia. Good
1: reference. Yeah.
3: So you got you guys think. Spock is justified in his kidnapping and disobeying orders and going to the forbidden planet. I don't know
1: about justified, but I understand why he did it. Yes. Yeah, as, his... as
3: a logical character, I'm not seeing it.
2: Well, that—that's again. This is very much his uh,
1: the human side. Oh, the through. fucking
3: human side.
1: Yeah, I mean, as you know, the Kirk and McCoy get into sort of a little tiff about. Kirk has basically drawn the conclusion that Spock is lying and. Hiding something, and McCoy's like, "No, Jim, you know that's not possible. No way. Um, he can't even play poker. Yeah, he can't lie, but obviously he did lie, and and obviously his motivations were to help his former commander. I yeah, think. and also probably the Talosians weren't leaving him alone, and he just that's wanted them to too. go away. Oh. That's
2: really that's the logical motivation. That would it's be like, logical. Okay,
3: I keep seeing their
0: stupid bulbous heads.
2: <laughs> I'm never gonna get any work done.
0: Eh. They keep making me think I'm in Ponfar. <laughs>
2: uh, actually, that's part of the deal, Phil. You know, he just has to give him a call. Like, I'm in the boat. More, okay.
0: more often than every seven years. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Nice. Being half human, actually, does he have more control? Can he get his freak on whenever he feels like it?
1: Well, we know that when he, he does experience Pond Far. Yes. Amok yeah. time. And, and, yeah, and it's, uh, it's not a pretty sight. No. I mean, although to Pring, I think, is a pretty sight. Yeah, I seriously did
0: did I ever tell you? Can I go on a tangent? Can I have tangent corner, real tangent, quick? tangent corner? Yay, smooth jazz. Um, so once like a one once upon a time, many many years ago, I had this dream where I was I don't know if I was like at Starfleet Academy or if Spock was going wherever I was going to college, but Spock asked me on a date. Aww. And I was like, oh yeah, sure. That'll be that would be really nice. I'd really like that. And so he. He picks me up and he's wearing he basically shows up wearing kind of like what the Vulcans on Vulcan wear, like the really flowy robe situation they have going on. Lucky what? But on his face he had like hundreds of like quills in his face and head, like Jesus. he looked like a puffer fish, like a like pin face kind of, or yeah, like that exactly, sort of. And he leaned
1: in for the kiss. <laughs> yeah,
0: put my eye out. No, I actually don't really remember how the date ended. I don't think it ended well. But at the end of the of this dream, there was this like after credit sequence where he and Sulu are sitting at like at the con console and. Sulu is talking to him about the other women on board and and, and Spock goes what are we going to do with them? And Sulu goes well I imagine you know we'll get them situated they'll have their rooms and they'll have their orders and Spock's like no I mean what are we going to do with them? And then I woke up and was like what the fuck (laughs) did I just
1: dream? Oh Spock
2: This from the woman who doesn't understand how he was supposed to be the sex symbol
0: you know, it's true. I never really truly saw him until I saw him with all those sea urchin spikes in his <laughs> face.
3: Now, now we know your turn on, Caitlin. Oh, mm-hmm. one, of, one of many. I I also like that your dream has like a closing edit, uh, closing credit. Yeah, right. Yeah, like
2: you never told me that part of the story. No, I did. That was a Marvel movie. Did no, I told you that. <laughs> Thanos is there. What are we gonna do? Would you fuck off? No one likes you. <laughs> Looks like I'll have to do
0: it myself. Spock's masturbating furiously. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! <laughs>
2: <laughs> With the Infinity Gauntlet. <laughs> it just
0: oh God, this is taking a turn.
2: A wonderful, wonderful uh, turn.
0: So, so the menagerie. So. <laughs> so Spock abducts Pike and steals the Enterprise Quite brilliantly, actually Yeah, the, the whole setup was really great He, like, programmed the ship so that it was, like, on autopilot And he used a lot of voice recordings to, like, trick people into doing what he wants And it's great And then he's on trial And when he's on while he's on trial, he's like, no, let me explain why And we get to see all of this lovely footage from the cage that we remember from yesteryear And or, like, two weeks ago, hmm. and it's basically that first episode, part one, deals a lot with just the framing device and getting them there and getting them to the tribunal or whatever, and then being like, oh, but Pike is, you know, we need to have three commanders, you know, to to judge you, and Spock's like, well, Pike here is still on the active roster, and our buddy Jose Mendez is yeah. like... Oh, it's true, Jim. He is still an active command. Like we couldn't bear to to make him retire, and like, yeah, like why? Like why? Yeah. And so they we see we see the pilot again chopped into little pieces. We get to see
3: the women. We get to see the. We skip Again. a lot of a lot of the other cult scenes, which I was sad about. Yeah, she like
2: gets cult. two lines. I think in this version, basically. Yeah, she, get, and it's she gets supposed to throw shade at Vina.
3: Yeah, she gets Vina saying, "Ah, oh, you 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 wouldn't supply intelligent children."
0: What, bitch?
2: We did, however, (laughs) happily lose some of the more horrifying dialogue that relates to the Orion slave girls in this version, since they... Yeah, uh, the how they they
0: love to be degraded Yeah,
2: yeah, and taken advantage of. They cut to the conference room for that, and they had new... Slightly less horrifying dialogue come out of come out of Mendez.
3: Yeah, that that signifies essentially the same thing. Yeah, but yeah, but he's said,
1: animal, but it's women. Yeah,
3: animal women, like Ooh. it's it's still
1: awful. No Earthman can resist. It's still Sulu's like, I'll try.
2: <laughs> it's oh still my. awful, but it's slightly less horrifying.
0: Well yeah, I mean it's better than being like, Oh yeah, they're creepy fuck puppets that really want you to just take advantage of them. Like yeah. it's definitely better than that, but yeah. it's not much better. And then what I I thought was pretty clever was the way they used the ending that already existed of the pilot Mm. being like, give Vina this fake Captain Pike to go diddle. They used that same, like, her returning to their cage together scene to them being like, oh, look, Captain Pike has been given new life outside of his wheelie chair. And they're still, they still got Vina kicking around in her 20-something body, even though she's probably 80 by now. I mean, you know... He's never going to be able to actually touch her, so oh boy, this doesn't mm. matter oh, a lot, boy. you
1: know. Yeah, this this episode actually was the 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 Futurama Star Trek episode was a parody of the yeah. Uh because it, it has the same frame story, where in the Planet Express crew helps the cast of Star Trek go to some forbidden planet on yeah. which they they will get new bodies, now that they are only... Heads heads in jars.
0: Well, the the rest of them are already there. Yeah, they're trying to get
1: Nimoy there. They're trying to get
2: the They don't know who's going to be there. They're trying to get the lost tapes. That's right, they're trying to get the tapes.
0: Isn't there actually another episode that it's partly based on? Isn't there one called, like, Sabotage, or... No, it's the, the Obsession. Obsession? Is there one called Obsession... Um, the one where Kirk goes back and, like, they go somewhere where he had been before, and there was, like, a gas cloud thing killing people.
1: Oh! Oh, well, they they definitely covered...
2: There's a lot of game. gas monsters, but I the one you're talking about, there's one that he encountered once before, and he is pretty sure it's that one again, and everyone thinks he's kind of gone loopy, and...
1: Yeah, I mean the Futurama show definitely touches on other episodes, so but anything. but the thing with the trial, they even yeah. have the, the the wheelie chair. Oh yeah, the pipe. They, they try the to respond, and they do it with they actually with use the foot more. pedal. Yeah. yeah, please use the beeps. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it looked like um it looked like the foot pedal on like an old fashioned sewing machine.
1: Yeah.
2: So
0: anyway, so anyway, here's mm. here's a
3: thought I was having. Yes. So no one knows. So, so uh, Talos four is a forbidden planet. No one's allowed contact with it.
2: Last death penalty uh, on
1: record. Yeah. Yep. What the fuck's up with that? There's but plenty more dangerous places. Yeah,
3: but they never, like, the even the confidential information doesn't say why.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
3: I find it very strange because it means that either either Pike never filed a report, and we just saw in another episode McCoy being very, very deliberate about, deliberate about making reports. Or that they took the report and destroyed it. Yeah, yeah, evidently
1: they buried the the information. What the fuck kind of report did Pike give?
3: I saw this girl, Vina, and I really wanted to bang her, but I knew I shouldn't.
2: And it turned out she was an uggo. She was an uggo! Jesus Christ! Purple alert! It's the (laughs) highest level! Bring back the death penalty for this one thing! That
0: was one thing I noticed this time around that I didn't notice the first time, was, like, the fucking face he makes... When he sees her, and then the face he makes when he's, like, talking about, like, and I understand her reasons for not coming with. <laughs> oh, like, no. I'm never going to be aroused again. Poor Vena. Thanks, Vena. Ugh, God. But yeah,
1: why the fuck Starfleet? Like, there's so many more dangerous things you shouldn't go near in the galaxy, but going to Talos is I the mean, fucking death penalty. I get, like, I get
3: could... trying to keep the, the mental powers... From spreading to other planets, you don't want other people learning these mental powers because they'll eventually do you in and whatever else. Yeah, but and that's why to, they didn't
0: want help to be sent because right. they didn't want.
3: But yeah. you, you can at least tell people don't go there because they're quarantined. Don't go there because we don't want their their th- them to be interacting with other people. Nope. Not nope. No one's allowed to know why. You just don't go there. Don't so go
0: there. We'll kill you if you do. De- and then you do. It, and then so if reasons. someone
3: and then if someone does try to go there, as Spock does, it means no one knows why it's bad that he's going there and yeah. he has to tell us through video.
2: Yeah, it's like literally because that is the only thing that still carries the death penalty in in the Federation. That means literally any other crime you can think of, you just end up going to Tantalus Four or the hell it was called. Or just Tantalus. I think I'm tang on the 4 because of Talos. Mm. But like actually so like colluding with the Klingons. Yeah. Prison. Trying to blow up the Earth with crazy <laughs> future science. Yeah. Prison. Maybe a weekend of community service. You know, fucking Literally everything Khan does. <laughs> eh. <laughs> Exiled to some shitty little planet.
0: It makes me feel like Starfleet would definitely sweep like sex scandals and like other horrible things under the rug though if they're like hiding something quite like this simple. You know? I don't it just yeah, they have not they have... simple, but like it seems like a minor thing, so it makes you kind of wonder like what else isn't Starfleet telling us?
1: Well, I also liked how you know the um, Mendez had the secret, yeah. the top secret file on Talos that he had to open with a special tool, <laughs> and like he opened it up, and it's just like one page. It's like yep. the Enterprise went to this planet, and bad shit happened. That's it. That's only, all you
0: get. Only the commanders know the real reason. Even, Even I, I don't have that information.
1: Like, well, why? Why was that? Why was this?
2: The, in the commanders. Folder? That's who Space Commander. What's his name was? He's one of the few people that knows. Who? A, a few. So, what
0: are you talking about oh, to talking explain?
2: About... A lot of uh, listeners. We were quite excited when uh, Commodore Jose Mendez showed up because we thought maybe this was actually in continuity with the space commander that was mentioned several episodes back.
1: Oh, Ho- Jose. Gutierrez or something? No, uh, it was like stereotypical Mexican name Menendez?
3: Was, was
0: it Menendez? no, this is No, that's Porn Stash from Orange <laughs> is the New Black. <laughs> no, they're
1: not like The
3: guy who really wanted his chili peppers.
1: It's like when it's like if if you're just if someone was like telling you like, come up with a with a Mexican sounding last name, it's one of the three you would probably say. Yeah, yeah and that's the problem is they, they were both Jose, Fernandez.
2: so there's only one Hispanic first name apparently anyone who no, writes for Star Trek because knows
0: because he's Jose Ignacio Ignacio Jose
2: it was Jose Dominguez uh, Dominguez, Dominguez in Charlie X uh, who uh, had the, who really needed Mexican those chili peppers. peppers so we were really excited thinking maybe this was the, supposed to be the same character just with a different rank but we found no it's not it's not Dominguez it's Mendez no way Jose but the, the commanders yeah. maybe because Dominguez was a space commander. So he's probably one of the few people that knows what really went down on Talos.
1: Mm, it's true. Interesting. Well, there was some line in this episode that I that I really liked where, I can't remember exactly what it was, it was like something that Mendez said that was like, this is a, this is a, a space court or something like Space that. law, this is a court Spa- of space oh, this law. This is a court not of a space f- law. Not a theater or whatever <laughs> this he This is said. a court of space law, I was like, what why is it space? Why is this a court of law? But I don't know. Space their
3: their court of space law, for some reason, needed a stenographer, which I think is absurd, considering they can take, say, recordings and
1: stuff. Well, we can take recordings today, and we still have. Uh, stenographers.
3: okay. I think stenographers are, are an a passe profession. And, Sorry I, to any stenographers whoa, out there.
1: Whoa.
0: Wow, really, just throwing down. Um, Eat the it. one stenographer we had listening to this podcast is like, well, fuck
2: you. Hey, guys. it's a good backup if you find out. After the trial's over, oh, shit, the recording machine fucked
1: up. Or the person tries to copy it in Audacity. Oh. (laughs) So, thank goodness for the stenographer. We've just
0: seen Jake shooting his phasers for the first time.
1: Oh. But no, I actually also noticed that I thought she was going to start doing stenography, but then I noticed that she, she looked like she was just recording it. <laughs> was she just there
0: playing, like, Tetris or
2: something? She had, she had she a was...
1: That woman's playing Galaga. Yeah.
0: Which one is it? The Avengers? The yeah. first Avengers movie? Yep. Yeah.
2: And meanwhile, Scotty also has something weird and technical to do that apparently is tied into the screen. And this which, time
0: it wasn't have a boner because of Mud's Women. Yeah, which doesn't really <laughs> make sense because
2: it seemed like the, the, the butt heads were running the screen. What was Scotty doing? Also, why didn't they give Scotty a dress uniform? Doc even has a dress uniform, and he doesn't do anything in these scenes except sit there and look pretty. He
0: probably doesn't go in for all that shit, you know? He's down in engineering, and he's getting all oily and shit. He is third in command of the damn ship. Listen, talk to Scotty. He's the one who couldn't be asked. He's like, listen. He's like, I don't have time for this trial. Don't have time. Not
1: putting on dress uniform. Just come in. If he's... you said that was a bad Scottish command? accent. That's my. I th- I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Well, then why did Spock hand command over to McCoy when he?
2: Well, he didn't actually hand it over to Lieutenant Hannigan or whatever the fuck his name was. He just let McCoy arrest him because he's
1: racist as fuck. But yeah, no, I think. But he's um, like as the next highest ranking. Officer.
2: I mean, I think technically speaking, if you're in command, you can kind of hand command off to whoever you see fit. Mm-hmm. But on paper, it's it's. Kirk, Spock, Scotty, and then I—I I, I don't actually know.
0: Let's be honest. Do you want Scotty in charge? He's a little hot-headed. He gets a little—you know—drunk. Yeah,
1: yeah. He's better than family. He loves that green booze. Was <laughs> opportunity... it, it
0: Romulan? Does he like Romulan ale? Oh, that's blue, isn't it? What's... Romulan is
1: blue. I don't know. There's two times when someone gets a drink and they're like, "What is it?" And he's like, "Huh? It's green." <laughs> and he likes Scotch, first of all. Like, of that's course. number one, but. But if he can't get his hand on scotch, scotch he'll just drink anything that's green. Yeah. <laughs> and he'll remark that it's green. The
2: thing is, in, once they sort of, we were talking about this last week, but the sort of the idea that they haven't quite figured out the exact setup of the cast and how their characters will work and what their positions are. Once they get things more settled and you often have Kirk, Spock, and McCoy going on away missions, it is actually often Scotty in the chair up on the ship. Mm. Usually telling them they can't be beamed up for reason X, or them explaining that they're going to be staying for a while because, oh shit, Nazis, or something. Ah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, the Nazis. God damn it, Spock.
2: <laughs> By the time we get to this episode, you're just like, you're going to be so ready. It's just going to be an
1: hour and a half of you being very angry. It's I'm so excited. I, think, I just think that Spock says a really fucked up thing in that episode, and uh, we'll talk about it when we get there. But I'm excited because I don't—I think I've ever seen this episode. So Did we
2: not watch the Nazi plan. Not episode? that I remember. I no. was a
1: bad friend It's a dumb. It's a dumb episode, but it's a good episode if that makes sense.
2: Yeah. yeah. It's
1: like it's like a dumb premise for an episode, but it's also pretty good. So we'll like that when we get to
3: it. Yeah, except
1: you—you'll be no. In. I like the episode. I just don't. <laughs> I just think Spock was out of line. Something he said. <laughs> Fucking Spock, green blooded hobgoblin.
2: Mm-hmm. But yeah, this this one it's they they made what is essentially a clip show work oddly well. I mean of course, yes, the original audience would never have seen the cage, so it was one hundred percent new for them. But they seem to actually put some effort into the setup, which I appreciate.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think um, probably
1: more than half of the first episode of the two parter was just the just the frame story. Oh yeah, a yeah. little well
0: more, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well. absolutely.
3: Yeah, they actually split director credit between the two instead of saying you know because one guy directed the cage, one side guy directed the new frame story. They just gave the director of the frame story credit for for part one, and the director of the cage credit for mm. part, part two. It's yeah. a little a little odd way to do it, but that's how they did it.
1: If you've seen either the cage or the menagerie, watching either, you know the other one is a is redundant. Yeah. Mm. But I would say if you were gonna, I would say if you were gonna watch just one, like if you're like, oh. I only want to watch the story once. I would say watch the menagerie. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, you also
3: get, get get some more added footage than I think Then I'll repeat that. You get more added footage in the menagerie than important cut footage from the cage. I mean, in the menagerie, we get like Spock attacking people in that comm room,
2: mm. which is always fun. Mm, yeah, I, although I will say you lose you lose a lot of. Not just, cult, I mean, you lose a lot of cold, but I feel like you also lose some other shipboard talking and planning while yeah. Pike's on the planet. So you lose
1: some more. Number one, we and kept,
3: some... we kept Doctor Bartender. We did though,
1: that was cool. yeah. good. Yeah, I but it was an odd choice of seems to keep, too, because it does... not I mean, I guess it, it does character development for Pike.
2: Basically, yeah. they just keep it for the sake of explaining the Orion Slave Girl scene later. Maybe. Because yeah. that's the one time he kind of mentions that. Oh, yeah, that. that's
0: something I could do. Though we do lose him being a total sexist ass face to number one. True. Which
1: is mm. nice. <laughs> yeah, also, uh, one of the first of many times uh, we'll have uh, Majel Barrett as two characters in an episode. Both the computer voice mm. and... Uh, number number one. one. Yeah,
3: I was really hoping Chapel would just walk in for just a moment. Maybe she could deliver coffee this episode, just <laughs> so she could be three people
0: in one episode. But did she heat it with a phaser? Good question.
2: She actually heated it using one of those uh, medical devices that spins.
0: Oh, the blood thing. Yeah, because like, centrifuge. Is that thing yeah, yeah that like
2: too. she used a centrifuge to spin it all so fast. It it naturally heated itself up because she got the molecules going so quick. Hmm.
0: Seems, seems legit, yeah. She eventually
2: sets up a competing coffee franchise right across the street <laughs> from Rance. Such a huge
0: coffee. Uh,
3: Coffee-fuge. This is my, my favorite slash fiction so far.
2: But yeah, no, it was, I think, um, because I had, I had remembered The Menagerie as being, you know, teensy tiny bits of frame device for mostly using old footage, and I was pleasantly surprised to find out that wasn't the case.
3: No, I think the the frame story was very intact on its own.
2: Yeah, it it really worked well. It, genuine thought went into it.
1: Now,
3: now. Whoa! Well, what was that?
1: That <laughs> was me getting ready to, to be nerdy about something. Yay! So when Kirk and Mendez, who is not actually Mendez, no, nope. are on it was not even actually a person.
0: Yeah, he's a Telosian projection.
1: Right. Since they're on, when they're on the shuttlecraft.
0: First shuttlecraft we see.
3: First so shuttlecraft we
1: shuttlecraft. see. So they're on the shuttlecraft. And they run out of gas. And then Kirk looks at a gauge on the wall and determines that they have X number of hours.
3: Of oxygen? Or, oh, or two, of two hours? Two hours, two hard two hard hours
1: oxygen. of oxygen. So he was calculating that based on two occupants in the crowd. Probably, yeah. <laughs> oh, but snap. really, he, he, he was the only one that needed oxygen. So really, he had four hours. Yeah. And he never knew. Either that or the readout said two hours and he should have been like, wait a minute. That doesn't make sense because there's two of us. There's only one out. Well, ultimately, regardless, he, uh, he was completely out of gas. Yeah. So, oh yeah. I mean, they were get out and push level at that point. Yeah. Shuttlecraft shouldn't their... go this far. No, no. They really they didn't have anything bigger at a
2: starbase like a some kind of skiff or yacht or. A
1: starship? Ooh, a space yacht.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, look at how often a starship is the only one in the quadrant. That's so true. I
1: get the sense that at this point in time, Starfleet was pretty rinky-dink, and like there, there weren't that many starships. Well, the
2: Starbase is probably a little further out, and this and that. Mm, it is the 11th. But still, you think they'd have
1: something, maybe not
2: full-blown starship, but maybe they got a little bigger, you know?
1: Yeah. Something that had warp. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: And something that didn't, you know, need to run on gas. yes. Yeah.
0: Stop offer some more petrol. Hmm.
1: I did think that was an interesting, you know, that Kirk, it was a calculated risk that Spock would turn back for him if he...
2: And Spock was ready for it. Yeah. Because that, it wasn't just, all right, I guess I have to change the plan. He had, you know, he told the computer, initiate tape AB5 or something. So there was a tape for Kirk chases me in a shuttlecraft until he runs out of gas.
1: Yeah. And, I, you know, Spock does say, like, oh, any attempt to turn off the computer is going to cut off life support, mm-hmm. but I feel like Scotty probably could have come up with something. I
2: also kind of wonder if Spock actually had that programmed in or if that was just a Corbomite, Corbomite gambit. Corbomite maneuver. <laughs> Got a little That's too That's true. Good at he could have been bullshitting. Yeah, because they all say, oh, Vulcans don't lie. Yes, they do. <laughs> so much. Especially this one. Uh, so here's the question, actually, on the character to me. Was Pike in on it? Because we see he's left alone with Spock, and he's like, Spock's giving him a plan. He's like, no, no. Yeah, he
3: does nothing but beep no at Spock.
2: Right, but then they cut away. And a good amount of time passes where Spock is clearly still with Pike, and we don't see what's happening. And does he at some point off screen actually go, yeah, okay. And Spock explains, like, all right, so here's how it's going to go. Blah, 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 this happens, that happens. We might be staging a court martial to buy time. Or was Pike genuinely, until the bitter end, himself not convinced? You know, because we don't know. We, we didn't see Spock leave the room. We don't know where the discussion went between the two of them.
3: Yeah, we only know that in a moment where, where what was she, Yeoman Piper or whatever the hell she was, she t- look, 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 looks away from the screen, looks back, and they're gone.
2: Yeah. Again, oddly quickly, considering how slowly his... Wheelchair seems to go.
0: If the Tolosians could True. send a fake Mendez all that way, maybe they were able to mask their escape or something.
2: Alternately, Ooh. he'd well, been I gone figured, for ages by that point, and I the one she was did, looking at was I fake.
1: I figured Spock just beamed him up.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, there's that. That could happen, yeah. Because that's, I mean, once he is on board, he doesn't really seem to try to... Like, I know his options are limited, but... Mm-hmm. Still, like, he just kind of seems to be going along with things. He's kind of like, I wonder if he's actually in on this now. He's probably a little afraid of Spock. Maybe. He is crazy. Space
1: crazy. But I figure, I figure <laughs> if the Talosians could talk to Spock from a distance, that they would be able to talk to Pike as Yeah, well. maybe
2: Yeah, maybe they showed up in yeah. that scene we didn't see, and Ooh. he was kind of like, yeah, all right, you bastards, you weird big heads. But
3: only if I get that monkey pig monster and that bird suit creature. To hang out
2: with.
1: Mm. Yeah, we did Which lose we did, them yeah, in the framed yeah, version.
3: Hey, I missed them.
2: But yeah, no, that, that's the one thing I was kind of like, huh?
3: I wonder, wonder where
2: he, where if anywhere, he fits into this whole shebang.
3: I don't know. He certainly wasn't uh, wasn't Jeffrey Hunter. That's for sure.
2: No, As yeah. Jeffrey
3: Hunter was away, and also was not at all interested in being involved.
2: They at least got some with a similar shaped enough head that I was like, yeah, that might be Jeffrey Hunter under all yeah, that. I mean, yeah, under under all the burned. all that burn delta delta ray burned
3: and white white sometimes blonde hair. His
1: yeah. burn actually looked suspiciously similar to the disease on from, Mir- from, from Mary. Mary.
2: <laughs> Look, we got a lot of leftover purple makeup. Yeah, apparently.
0: <laughs> I wonder if this was like some kind of grand metaphor for advocacy for the disabled and dignity for people who have...
3: That we should kidnap them and make them relive their fantasy lives?
0: Well, I was thinking maybe it was more of like almost a negative thing, because if if Spock like takes him away and he's been like, no, 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 then it's like, I don't know. Mm. It just occurred to me. I don't know what they're trying to say. I'm just wondering if it's anything to do with that, because I feel like they always sort of... Not always, but sometimes had more of, like, a thing they were trying to say. I don't really know.
2: Not Regardless of timeline, Captain Pike gets hosed. Because I think, actually, I can't remember. Do they state, or is this some sort of expanded universe bullshit that I'm remembering? Does Kirk become captain of the Enterprise in the Mirror Universe by killing Pike? Uh, I feel like, I feel like it a...
1: might have been mentioned maybe maybe in, like, one of the DS9 Mirror episodes. Yes. Just so, like so either comment. way... Me- Main
2: universe, mirror universe, Kelvin universe. Doesn't pay to be Piked. No. Yeah, Pike gets fucked. Yeah, no, Pike gets piked.
1: Yeah, because in the Kelvin verse he's crippled. Well yeah. that's that's temporary. Right, but then he gets blowed up blowed up. In a false flag operation, basically. Yeah. So oops. Yeah, no,
2: not great. Not great. No. This timeline's option is kind of the best of them for him, which I is mean, it's
1: true. He does get to live off. You know, wacky fantasies. Fantasy planet.
2: Maybe occasionally acting as an ambassador to the Talosians. <laughs> or something. That's, that's what my headcanon is for their motivation, because it's the only thing that makes sense.
0: Why did Spock wind up getting off the hook?
2: Basically because Starfleet had seen the whole thing. They had the court oh, okay, and the images okay. projected to them, and they were just like,
0: oh, that's nice.
3: So did they only have at, at Starfleet at Starfleet Command, did they only have the Footage from the telosian planet, or did they also get to see the courtroom where they or were fake f- Mendez. Where there was a fake Mendez. <laughs> I, I,
2: I hope so, just so that real Mendez was there going, What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> my medals are much neater on my jacket than that. Do I really That's look why the medals were bad, it was a hint. Do mm.
1: I really look
0: that fat? <laughs> Not um, that he looked fat, but you
1: know what I mean. Well, this is also the first appearance of like the official dress uniform, is it? Maybe yeah. with the with the with the triangle, the weird little badges, badges, and
0: I like that Spock even got a dressier outfit. It's like you're on trial here. Like, yes, why do you get a nice? It's outfit? A, it's a
2: military thing. Everyone should be dressed to the nines, except apparently Scotty, who can't be fucked. See,
1: I'm, I'm going to imagine that they had made him one of those shirts but like the the fabric you know the velour fabric didn't show up well under the light so they're like ah fuck it just I mean they also
3: they also know right now the ship is being controlled by the telog- or, or by the computer they like there's something going on where if something
2: breaks Scotty's gotta go to work yeah. immediately well, that's the mm. thing is I don't know if we ever see. I mean, you might be right about that though. I don't know if we ever see Scotty in a dress uniform. It could be they couldn't. They just maybe they just couldn't get, or at least in the early days, maybe they couldn't get that nice glossy material in the shade of red that
1: they wanted. Mm. I wonder why the command dress uniform is green.
2: Yeah, it's like the Fat Day
1: shirt color instead yeah, of yellow. yellow
2: Because they had it left over. Yeah, I guess so. But the Fat Day shirt isn't glossy. They had to get different material.
0: Oh, then I don't know. It could be, again,
2: maybe they couldn't get the yellow they wanted. They're like, well, we've already established that Kirk has an alternate green shirt, mm. I guess. Well, Perhaps. especially
0: after reading about how much of a just crazy time it was, sometimes trying to get the right fabrics and trying yeah. to get everything approved, it wouldn't surprise me if it was just like, uh, well, we have this, so I guess yeah. it's going to be green. Sorry. Womp
1: womp. Yeah. yeah uh, I actually have action figures of Kirk and Spock in their respective dress uniforms. Yeah, I, I think I can see them from here, in fact. Yep. They're up on top of the shelf. Sweet.
2: This was a much better week for us than last week. I think we not only, I think, generally enjoyed ourselves. I certainly enjoyed myself more than I expected with Menagerie. Uh, any final thoughts?
1: Not I. Yeah, well, nothing. I, I agree. Great.
2: Well, thank you everyone for joining us. Next week we've got a you know, sort of a double whammy of two of the really big ones, both The Conscience of the King and Balance of Terror, first appearance of both the Romulans and Mark Leonard in the series. So look forward to that. Do please find us on Twitter at SSHB Podcast. We're also on Tumblr, SSHB Podcast, and on Facebook, you can find and like our Facebook page, a star to steer her by. And if you're not already, please follow us on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com forward slash SSHB Podcast. For the show, this has been Chris,
0: Caitlin, Ames,
2: and Jake. Thank you for listening.
0: Tip your waitress. <laughs>
2: Fuck procedure. I'm Jim Kirk. Look at my cock. I've
0: got a
3: boner. (laughs) Um, You're in a perpetual state
4: of boner. It's true. It's amazing I don't just pass out all the time. (laughs) This is going on the highlight reel. All right.